welcome back everyone. Uh, this is episode six now of Chattertainment UK and uh, obviously you've got Johnny and myself, Ross, and uh, this week we've actually got no set agenda, so we're just going to see where the conversation takes us. So uh, Johnny, um, what have you been watching this week? Right, so this week we watch Mortal Engines. Okay. Right, it's a 2018 film and genuinely it was one of those few films that we've sat down to watch where we put the phones down. Brilliant. You know, you sit the, yeah. you watch many films, you watch TV series, you flick it through Facebook, you're partly, you're enjoying it, but you're like, uh, oh, oh, that's fat, looks like fun on your phone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously, when you, when you go to a cinema, it's different, but given what's going on at the moment, that's not an option. Mm-hmm. So I saw this film ages ago and it looked mental. Like I saw the trailers for it and I was like, oh, this looks, this looks interesting. This is something I would actually quite up for watching. And then it came up on Netflix. So like, oh, yeah, right, perfect. We'll watch that. We'll sit down and we'll watch that now tonight. Mm. And it starts off, you're like, okay, okay. Then Robert Sheehan turned up, like, right, this is new. This is, okay, well, we know we like Robert Sheehan. You know, we liked him in uh, Misfits. We loved him in Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, right, a little bit more engaged. And we saw Hugo Weaving. I'm like, Right, okay, this this is a couple of decent names at this point. We're like, okay. Obviously, the whole thing is based on um, a post-apocalyptic world. Everyone is on vehicle. The entire cities are on, like, vehicles. It's not like hmm. you know, a little transporter shipping a you know, shipping container. No, no. These are skyscraper tall on wheels, sides of a town. Like, all of London is on wheels. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is this is weird. And obviously, then you got towns meeting up to barter and trade and all that sort of stuff. And then mm-hmm. London comes calling, and obviously, being British, we invade everywhere. <laughs> so we sort of got into it, and then you know, the uh, we got immediately hooked. About ten minutes into, we were like, "This is okay. wow!" You know, we were properly like hooked onto this film. Yeah. So the phones got put down at this point. Right? <laughs> uh, we're watching the, the film. Obviously, Robert Sheehan is running around um, with the other character, and I will find a name because obviously we're not scripted this one. Um, yeah. So they're running around now. They've just been kicked out. They've fallen out of London and are now in the will in the wild, trying to be safe, etc. And. You kind of engage. They end up going to this one place, and then there's a prison island floating machine out at sea. Yeah, and they discover this uh, eternal character that's just ever living, chasing after our female lead in the film. And as soon as he came into it, you're like, "What the hell is this alien thing doing? What's going on?" <laughs> and then you discover obviously the backstory of that particular character is that he is uh, sort of humanoid, uh, robotic, infinite power supply, what have you. Yeah. And he ended up being the, looking after the our female at the beginning to start off with. Mm. And it all got a little bit like, what the hell is going on? Like mm-hmm. it was, it was proper. Like we didn't know what the heck was going on. We tried obviously we following the story and I was like, Where, where's this going? What's going on? Okay, so you're not selling it that well at the moment, mind No, I know, but I was genuinely the level of intrigue of what the 
the heck is going on in this film skyrocketed because yeah. you've gone from two characters who were in who were on two different vehicles who accidentally bump into each other because one of them just stabbed another character. Yeah. Um, she runs off. He the uh, Robert Sheehan chases after her. They get kicked off London. And then it all just kind of like they're trying to get back there to trying to stop this whole post-apocalyptic world. Mm. Yeah. I'm not trying to give away too much of spoilers. I don't think you've seen that. I don't know if you've any about well, I, I have seen it and I, I totally agree. Um, if I remember right, it's a Peter Jackson film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine the special effects that have gone into it. You know, if you just look, think back to Lord of the Rings, which 20 years old already, which I cannot believe. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you look at the scale of that, you can tell that he was trying to kickstart another franchise that's similar and to And I that. hope it kicks off well because that film was yeah. outstanding. We, yeah. Genuinely, it was incredibly good. It's, uh, it's very steampunk, isn't it? The, yeah. uh, the world that they live in. Uh, but I know what you mean. It's uh, it was some parts of it were a bit confusing, but I found, without giving anything away, that towards the end of the, the film, things started to make more sense. Yeah, and you can tell that they were definitely gearing up for a sequel, which, like you, I really hope they do. Yeah, it. it I'm not sure because I know it's, it's based on a book, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's a series of books. Um, so I genuinely I hope that there will be more. I. I it, I really enjoyed that film. It was it was hella good. Yeah, was yeah such was a good film. <laughs> um, you mentioned um, about uh, I forgot his name now. Was it Sheehan? Yes. Yeah. So uh, Robert Sheehan. That's it. Now I, on your recommendation last week, I started watching Misfits. All right. <laughs> so I'm only two episodes in so far, but I am loving the the feel of it. It Good. does feel like a gritty superhero twist. Yeah, it's so, uh, it is that. It's because you, know, mm. you find that with some of the other sort of superhero films, like the Marvel or um, DC universes in particular, that the characters you discover who are become superheroes yeah. have, to a point, a good environment in which to develop. Mm-hmm. You know, like Bruce Wayne, Batman. Billionaire, same with Iron Man. Yeah. You know, um, Spider-Man, bit by a spider or various other versions of how that character came to be, but his, he's been looked after by his auntie. He's very clever yeah. and develops very crude ways of doing his little development of, of his superpowers, obviously the web slingers and things like that and the costume. Yeah. Whereas Misfits... The superpowers aren't what you want them to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's very much. I feel like the show is. It's like um. Oh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to be able <laughs> to read minds. Yeah, we, I mean? we've or, all played that game. Yeah, we've all done. It. I think that is where this one sort of stems from. Mm. Um, as as a as a TV series, but how are you finding yeah. it? Obviously, two episodes in. Yeah, really good. I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to seeing how these characters grow because at the moment they're. I'm going to say this. It sounds awful, but I don't mean it in a negative way. But as it stands right now, they feel a bit two-dimensional. So there's not much depth to those characters. 
Um, I do feel like you can see these relationships grow and hopefully see them come together as a team, not Avengers style or Suicide Squad style or anything like that, but just in their own quirky, unique way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you kind of get a, a very brief glimpse of it at the end of the first episode. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much detail to go into for those that are listening, but you know, the, the way they come together at the end to understand and actually acknowledge what's going on. I think that was a, a glimpse into how they are going to come together at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And again, only two episodes in, so I can't really say much, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying this. It's good. I thoroughly enjoyed it um, as a as a TV series. Mm. It was. Whilst, I was going to say sorry. Whilst on the topic of Robert Sheehan, I take it you're up to date with the Umbrella Academy. I am. I have watched the two seasons that are available. I know that they are in right. the process of filming series three. Yeah, yeah. Which I cannot wait for. <laughs> What's your thoughts on the show then? I love the fact that it all takes place in about a week or ten days. Mm. Like the whole thing. It, it's. I will come back. It reminds me. Right, so I watched. I'm going to divert now. I, I watched Under the Dome. I know, I'm sure we've mentioned this one before. If we haven't, yeah. here it is. Um, I liked Under the Dome up until the point of about episode seven, I think it was. Mm. And then it got a little bit silly for me because I didn't agree with the time scale. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so... series one. And I, I've watched end of series one, and that's it. I haven't gone any further. But what really annoyed me was I think it was episode. It was fairly early on into the first series. Hmm. Um, I love the first episode when the cow gets cut in half by an invisible dome. That was hilarious yeah. to me. Right? But it was the part where the U.S. Army had turned up outside the dome, okay. and then fired a nuke at the dome. Yeah, and to me. Seven days into that ph- that phenomena happening, a nuclear weapon <laughs> is a bit extreme. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Now, I I watched the pilot episode, and I didn't like it. Didn't yep. like it at all. Didn't grab me. But I tell you, the reason for that is that I actually read the Stephen King novel. I was going to say it's, again, and, it's another one that's based on a book. Yeah. Now, the book, I was hook, line, and sinker for that book. I picked it up, and within two pages, I was like, right, I need to know what's happening next. And it just kept me gripped. And to be fair, Stephen King, I do rate as as an author. He's he's come up with some fantastically innovative and um, sort of kind of horror-inspired sort of worlds, you know? So, you know... Coming up with this, it was very um, topical. Um, you know, obviously, it's uh, it's kind of telling a tale of isolation and how we would cope in isolation now that we are such a networked world. You know, that's that's how I kind of read into it initially, but then the the book, oh, the, the the characters in it, the the descriptions, and you mentioned about the cow at the beginning getting cut in half. The way that was described, it was just nuts. Yeah. And the aeroplane as well, when uh, it hits the, the the barrier. Yeah, it just, 
yeah, right from the get-go. Um, another book of his that I read um, in, in a very short space of time uh, was 112263. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. So it's a, a time travel book. Um, and the premise of it is that your, your main character, your main protagonist, um, he's got a mate who runs a, a, a very stereotypical diner, you know, these like, looks like a trailer, you know? Yeah. And uh, he gets a phone call one day of his mate and he, goes, and, uh, he doesn't sound himself at all. He sounds like, like really unwell. And he's like, mate, you, you got to come and uh, you know, see what I found in the back of my, of, of my kitchen. Yeah. So he goes there. And he's looking for his mate and he's he sees this old guy sat down he goes oh do you know where so-and-so is turns out that that's his mate and he's much much older so the idea is that there's this portal in the back of the diner which takes you back to 1963 uh, sorry 1962 actually right um now you go back in time to the same spot you can come back to the current time but as soon as you go back through that portal a second time, you're back to the very same point. So anything you did is basically unwritten. Does that make sense? So you've got one chance to change history, then, is it? That's it. So what had happened was his mate had gone back to try and change history. He lived there for X amount of years, couldn't achieve what he was aiming for. So he came back as an old man, having lived those years. But of course, that in doing so, totally erased everything that he'd already done but i i don't know what you're you're like with american history but 11 22 63 november 22nd 1963 does that ring a bell it does but for the life of me i can't work out why <laughs> uh the assassination of jfk yeah yeah and that's what the book then goes into and it's oh such a good book and uh, they actually did a tv version of it which admittedly i haven't seen because again i enjoyed the, the book so much and, and having experienced what i did with under the dome i didn't want to sort of you find that, with, that again. you find that with with films doing an, an adaptation from a, a novel yeah that stuff gets left out that's it you know that's you it. look you look at you know, the Harry, let's go with the Harry Potter franchise. Mm. You know, some of the most important things that are crucial to the story or for avid fans of the, of the books, there's, you know, why haven't you covered this? There's yeah. a lot, a lot to cover. Mm. Mm, that's it. Take, you know, you look at the, the, you know, there we are, the fourth, the seventh book was split into two films. Mm. That's and true. I, right, I will admit I haven't got that far in the books. Like I think I got as far as book five when yeah. I read them originally. And even with that, I got frustrated with. I think it was, the other one was the Goblet of Fire. Book yeah. five. I lost track of the books. Yeah, but I've lost the track. Goblet of Fire. I remember the obviously the the whole challenge with the the maze at the end. I remember there was a spider, there was a sphinx, and there was a couple of other challenges, but none of that happens in the film. I was like really annoyed by that as yeah. a, when I was younger. Because of that, you know, I appreciate there's there's a lot of detail in books that you won't get in in film, but mm. there's a lot of elements that are, I to me find crucial to the storyline or how people complete challenges within obviously that particular task. Yeah, 
That's it. I think with, with the preamble that we had before recording this episode, we were talking about J.J. Abrams and yes. you, know, you, you didn't realise that he'd only done the, the first and the last of the, the latest yeah, Star Wars trilogy. That one, that one shocked me, actually, I'll be honest um, with you. Well, on the same sort of note of that, I just looked now, I didn't realise that J.J. Abrams was actually part of the um, the crew doing 11-22-63. Oh, and nice. James Franco is uh, what the main character in that. Uh, but I might give that another go, actually. <laughs> you find that when you see you do the IMDb search and the Google searches of things, oh, you're like, oh, I didn't realize he was on this and, and that. And yeah, I'll um, add that to my list. I've actually set myself a, a challenge for this coming week, ready for next week's episode. Right, um, I'm gonna watch at least one of these three films, if not okay. more. So, Jojo Rabbit, which I've not yet seen, so okay. I've seen that. No, I've heard um, it, I haven't seen any of the trailers around there. The Lighthouse. Nope, no, yeah, that one. Okay. Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, that is. Oh, um, yeah, Green Goblin so, and Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Last Christmas. And the only reason that I am interested in that film... Is The Last is Christmas the one with Matthew McConaughey? No, no. Last Christmas is... Um, uh, I don't oh, know his no. name, actually. Two seconds... So there's a big twist at the end by all accounts and the reviews that I heard were fantastic, but I've, um, let's see. Yeah, it's got Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Yeah. I've seen the trailer for that one. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it looks like a typical rom-com drama, but listening to reviews, mm -hmm. it sounds like there's more to it than just that. So I do want to give that a go. Plus it's a Christmas film. Well, yeah. By the looks of it, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that's my challenge. Last Christmas, The Lighthouse, and or Jojo Rabbit. Fair. I think we're going to be on a Christmas binge of films soon, given Christmases around the corner. Yeah. yeah, and I can tell you now, in a future episode, as we approach Christmas, I will be asking you the all-important question, so prepare yourself to justify your answer. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that's going to be. I do, I do, I knew, I do. And despite the fact, um, no, we're not, we're not, we'll, we'll cover it now because I know, I know what the question is. At least I hope I know what the yeah. question is. <laughs> okay, so um, the shows that I've been watching this week, I think. So I mentioned Misfits. Yes. Um, I've also been sort of up to date now with The Mandalorian, which I am probably geeking out over right now. Um, and Star Trek Discovery, which... Yeah, you're uh, on the Series 3 of that, aren't you? Uh, yes, and I've got to say, there was a, a proper... It's, it's just been nerd heaven this weekend. So you've got Star Trek Discovery, yeah, um, where they've gone into the future, like I mentioned last week. Yep. Um, things are very different to what we remember. Uh, the name of this episode, which is going to resonate a lot with people who have watched the franchise from the start, uh, was Unification 3. Okay. So in previous shows, so like Next Generation, for example, they had episodes called Unification. And this is the third version of that. And right. it's always to do with the Vulcans and the Federation. And this episode was just... It, it, it's kind of tied in a couple of... Um, sort of canon uh, yeah. uh, mythologies from the show, 
but also they, they introduced a character, which I'm not going to go into too much detail of, um, who was part of a, uh, I say a cult, for lack of a better word, um, on Vulcan, where, which we were really introduced to in Star Trek Picard. So that it looks as though they're kind of tying those two together now as well. Oh, amazing. Which excites me beyond belief. Because <laughs> I started Picard, I think I only got a couple of episodes in, and then various different life things happened. Obviously COVID and yeah. just being busier with busier with working from home and not work from home and work that was and wasn't, mm. etc. So they're, they're on my list as, as is, you know, Discovery. Um mm. So quite looking forward to catch up on that. There's a lot of TV to catch up on. Oh, it is. Even it is. with you know the pandemic and trying to work from home with at the moment, even with watching stuff in the evenings. You know, we yeah. used to try and watch um, the Arrowverse stuff, and then it stopped. We caught up with other things. We watched a lot of Red Dwarf, which we're big fans of, and the new series of that. Yeah. Uh, we're currently now almost to the end of series four of Buffy. Because nice. we just thought, well, I'll give that a bash because we want to get into it. And once you get past the cheesy 90s of it and the, the <laughs> awful uh, CGI and, and everything else, and yeah. it, it's gotten good. It's gotten really good. We're, we're really enjoying it. Um, yeah. you know, I know you mentioned uh, Hush, the episode Hush a few times. We've now caught up with that one. That was a brilliant episode as we were watching it with the background with, with work at, the, at that time. And mm-hmm. that one came up, and we're like, right, we need to finish what we're doing with work stuff so we can pay attention to this episode. Do you want to explain why? <laughs> yeah, because there's no dialogue after the first 15 minutes. <laughs> That's like, it. None. And it's <laughs> hilarious because uh, Xander and Anya, is it Anya? Are yeah. my two favourite characters in that episode for one reason. Um, so Spike goes to the fridge and has a mug full of blood, drops something next on the floor next to Anya. Xander walks in, looks across, sees Anya asleep on the sofa, looks to see Spike then pop up his head with blood all over his mouth, and he beats <laughs> the crap out of Spike. And then she wakes up, realises what's going on, tries to pull him off. I'm fine. Look, no bite marks, what have you. Yeah. Hugs, apologies, sort of a shrug to, to Spike. And uh, then she turns around to her and sort of does the old um, mind for sex, you know, the, that. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, they, and, she, and they just disappear <laughs> off to the sunset. And I just laughed because <laughs> it was so funny. And those two yeah. characters are so weird as a couple. They're brilliant. They are. They are. Um, there, there, there was a, a bit, a moment in that episode, which I always sort of think back to and chuckle. And that's when they're in the lecture ball. And they're trying to figure out how to defeat the gentleman. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the, Giles, mums... the Giles of the uh, uh, overhead projector. Yeah, but it's the moment where Buffy imitates stabbing a yeah. vampire with a stick, and everyone looks at her like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously Xander with uh, boobs being the other one, yeah. might with boobs and stuff. I just love the sassiness of Giles with the overhead projector. Yeah. this this <laughs> what uh, it, and it was so very clever hmm. for for them to do it and partly want to know if they did i would love to know how it was filmed i would like to know if because you know when you like mime a song you kind of over 
accentuate the, the vocal movements and things like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to know, did they record that episode with them trying to mentally speak normally with obviously no voice? Or mm. did they record all the, vo- the, the, the vocals with it and then mute or you know, invert the phase and cancel them all out throughout? Because obviously you've got the sound effects of doors, footsteps and everything else, all the rest of the Foley stuff yeah. that exists within an episode. Mm. So my my entire interest in that episode was how good is the Foley artist to get every single <laughs> like because Foley artists are heroes mm. for, for films like uh, for episodes like that. Yeah, Do you want to just uh, explain to some of our listeners what you mean by Foley artist? So, right, so a Foley artist is the the artist in the studio after the, the filming has been done and it's in post production, adding in the sound effects that you would naturally hear in that room, like footsteps on gravel walking through and mm. keeping up in time the sound of a neck snap normally is like um a cabbage or you know of fruit or vegetables or something like that being snapped okay. right? there's a lot of clever foley work that's done to make the sounds that you are familiar with the only yeah. thing that they don't try and recreate differently that i know of are guns and cars <laughs> because a gun always makes that sound and there's no other way of recreating the gunshot or cocking the hammer or you know, pulling it, doing the pull back and certain all that when it comes to foley work, that is actual sound from weaponry. Okay. Right? But then when it comes to neck snapping, that sound that you hear as a neck snap is something like cabbage being broken or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for all that episode, that foley artist is working his arse off on that one, trying to get all those in and mm. adding them in and what have you, because it was incredible. Awesome. I then spent half the episode trying to work out how those the gentlemen were floating. <laughs> yeah, skateboards, I reckon. <laughs> but I, just, I was just like, I couldn't work it out because it looked like they were in harness from the waist up. Yeah. And it, yeah. for the first time, CGI work of the wires was really good. And on the Series 4, their budget's definitely gone up. Oh, yeah, totally. Look at, uh, I'm pretty sure Season 4, that's Adam, am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you. Season four was my least favourite. Uh, you know, there were some gems in there, don't get me wrong, yeah. like Hush. But overall, I felt it was a very weak story. Fair. Uh, season five really picked up the pace. Fair. I'm looking forward to getting to series six because I know that's where the musical episode is. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I've se- I haven't seen old Buffy all the way through. I've seen episodes here and there, and I've seen the musical episode. I know there's a... Part of one of the songs, is there's a breakout from Annie about bunnies. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm watching series four, and she's dressed in a bunny costume because bunnies are scary to her. <laughs> Made me laugh so hard watching on the sofa. My wife just didn't understand what was going on. I so, know you, when you see the ones more with feeling episode, you'll understand because it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is really clever writing. To be fair, they have so many sort of long running jokes throughout the entire show, and yeah, just these characters they've. They've got them down to a T. I love it. <laughs> I find the same with like Archer. Archer has very many running jokes mm. throughout. If you've watched Archer, started it, but uh, like you said, life got in the way, unfortunately. So I need to pick that up again. But yeah, there's just we, so much to watch. We found that one by accident. We just thought we'd stick it on. I don't know where we were. We just stuck it on for a laugh, and it was just mental. We yeah. really, we really enjoyed that one. It was, it was funny. It was crass. Um, Lana being, you know, at one point I think my text alert uh, 
on my phone. I, re- I really enjoyed Archer. And I know they were supposed to, they were going to finish it at the end of series ten, but it's now got a series eleven. I think oh, it's been okay. either been aired or is going to be aired soon after. I haven't looked into it because it's been again busy with various other things. Yeah, but it was due to finish at the end of series ten, and even then, the end of series ten, the the very end, like last minute or so, was really really lovely. Um, mm. So I'm looking forward to how series eleven goes now. Um, yeah. Where so the character is that, development is. Is that Netflix that have picked that up then? Or? No, I think I think it was done uh, for whatever the, the Fox. It was done with Fox or mm. was it Fox or FX? And I think they've actually done they've picked it up and Netflix has got obviously got the license to stream it out then afterwards. Okay. So I'm waiting for that to turn up on Netflix series eleven. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I noticed it's on uh, on Netflix. I don't know how many seasons, but ten. There's ten ten on Netflix at the moment, unless it's changed recently. I haven't seen the update on it though. Yeah. Ah, nice. Um, are you up to date with Taskmaster? Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm an episode behind, but yeah. I am enjoying this season. It's, it's the... it has its moments. It's, it's I, I will say it's not its strongest season, but I will more to do with I think the cast and the tasks. And obviously yeah. with and an element within that is I I would both go also the tasks are a bit eh, because of when they were filming, mm. social distancing became enforced. Yes, and yeah. it changes the dynamic of how the games I feel were done. Mm. Some of the tasks. Yeah, but there was one uh, one task they did where it was a team task, and one team was filmed before COVID, and the other one was filmed after yeah. the whole restrictions had come into play. And you could just tell straight away that the difference in that was just the dynamic um, changes for the group tasks. I find. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not so bad with the solo task, which is which which are fine. It's, it's them and and uh, Alex Horn doing the tasks mm. but when it comes to the group tasks you can definitely tell the dynamic has changed because of social distancing um, and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you know, yeah. but you need to catch up on the on the last ep- the episode last week yeah it was yeah, definitely be doing that genuinely um, a good laugh nice well, I've got most of the day off tomorrow so I'm sure I'll be catching up on all the TV tomorrow yeah. <laughs> definitely worth a watch yeah um the Taskmaster, have they tried to do anything like that in the US? Or... Any idea? They, I, for what I can remember, they've they've streamed some of the British version out there. Mm. So whether or not they've picked up and done an American version of it, I don't know. And I mean this with no disrespect, but they're probably going to ruin it. Yeah. If it was picked up and done in an American style. Yeah, I, I just think back to, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Red Dwarf. And they tried to do a pilot episode in America for that. They did a full series. Did they? Oh, I didn't yeah. know they did a full series, but the They've pilot done, I've the seen. The other one they did was uh, Coupling. Really? They did Coupling in America. They did the first series of Coupling in America. Okay. Uh, what I didn't realize was the sheriff from uh, a town called Eureka, mm-hmm. he was one of the cast in it. All right. So they okay. did a full series of it. They did a full series of Red Dwarf and. Didn't know that. Uh, they. They had uh, was it Jane Leaves as Holly, um, and Jane Leaves is Daphne from Frasier, um, and it just didn't feel right. You know, it's very British humour, Red Dwarf. But that being said, it's not to say that British humour cannot translate into US humour, because if you think of the US office, that has just taken off. That yeah. was, you know, a brilliant show, and 
you know, you think back to the, the UK version, and as good as that was, they only did two seasons. Like, was it 12 episodes? As odd as it is, I'm just looking at the Red Dwarf 1992 episode from the mm. USA, and Robert Llewellyn's in it is, is, is credited for being in that version really? as Crichton. Hmm. Okay. Because you've got, and the rest genuinely, I'm looking at these names trying to find out where I've seen them, if I've seen them in anything, but I, I don't yeah. recognize any of these names. But yeah, it was 1992, they did one episode, you were right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and am I right in saying Jane Leaves was cast in it as Holly? Yeah. Yeah. Just such an odd casting choice. <laughs> oh, she's, that's her, right? She's the um, she's is she the not the butler. Definitely. She's the carer. Carer, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah from uh, Frasier. That's it. That's another we got. We've got the box set of that here to watch. Oh, Frasier, I love that show. Have you seen any of it already? I've seen I've it whenever it's on like Channel Four or whatever, you skip through and you look there's nothing else on yeah. the air, I'll watch it. The the situational comedy in that show is mind blowingly funny. You know, when you think of uh, his brother Niles, I just think of that episode where he's in Fraser's flat and he's ironing his trousers and just everything goes wrong and things start catching fire. He tries <laughs> to put it out and he makes it worse and oh, it's just hilarious. So I, I got a lot of time for that show. And uh, I know that at the time it was the, the longest running uh, uh, episodic show on US television at the time. Wow. Yeah, I think it's been surpassed now by the likes of Grey's Anatomy and uh, what's that other one? Supernatural. Supernatural. Was that 15 seasons, I think. 15 I seasons. Yeah. I know, I've desperately got to catch up on that. We got to about halfway through season 15 when mm. lockdown and pandemics and everything else, because it's one of those things. It's odd to me. It's an odd thing because with British TV film, TV TV shows, it's filmed and then obviously edited and then broadcast. The, but the full season has been filmed, mm. whereas in America, it's still filming as it's being aired. Some of it, yeah, which I think is just mental. Yeah, uh, it is good. It just shows the forward planning of the the writing team and the production team. I think. Well, yeah, and that and American, I find American shows run longer seasons than the British. Yeah, yeah, we keep doing like six, six or ten episodes and no, the, more. Closest, <laughs> the closest we've got to anything that I could think of British that goes to the length of an American TV series is mm. Doctor Who. Because they were yeah, 13 but, episodes, so it's only a half season for American stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, even that's 13 episodes. But the next series, I think, is only 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's as, as I can't think of anything else. You, you take away the soap operas, you know, your Emmerdale, your Corries, your EastEnders, because they're either every day and they are filmed a couple of weeks in advance yeah. to edit. I think it is. Um, and when they do the live episodes, which are always tongue in cheek. Oh yeah, I love watching the character, the cast, trying to remember their lines and try not to break, which is always yeah. entertaining. <laughs> but like I, you know, if someone could point me in the right direction of something that is British filmed wise and is longer than that. Please, because even what Game of Thrones, 10, 13 episodes. Yeah, that's it. Except like the last season was like six episodes or something, which was just disappointing. It needed an extra season. That did. Yeah. They just tried to fit too much into that last season. Which was disappointing. You know, it's, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, I feel I find the the 
British stuff is a lot shorter. I think the quality is a little yeah. bit better at times. At mm. times, I'm saying. Yeah, not always, but no. I know what you mean. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I, honestly, at the top of my head, I can't think of any British yeah. TV series. I will put that out to Twitter, I think. So, um, you know, anyone listening who wants to answer that question, if you can name a, a TV show that has, a British TV show, sorry, that has run longer than the 13, 10 episodes, yeah. then, yeah, list it. You know, reply yeah. to our tweets. I'll send that out uh, uh, soon after this episode is dropped. It's, uh, yeah, be interesting yeah. to see what we what we find. Yeah, you because know, the closest again, Taskmaster is now ten episodes. There was originally, I think it was eight to begin with. Yeah, but I wouldn't classify that in the same way as your Supernatural, mm. your Star Treks. Do you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, that's what I'm looking I mean, for. Even even Star Trek are doing it now. Star Trek Discovery is about thirteen episodes. Yeah, but that's to get that's online. That yeah, I think Netflix are involved in that one. They are, and uh, CBS All Access. Yeah, it's surprising that they're only going for 13 episodes, considering the Netflix tradition is about 10 or 8. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, but, you know, the old school. Let's go back to the the old school style before the streaming became a huge hit, as it were, the original source. Again, original Supernatural, the original Star Trek, if Mm -hmm. all uh, forms of that. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of a British example, mind, because... I'm thinking of old school like British episodes of um, Forty Towers, which six was like, six, six episodes over six two episodes seasons. Two seasons, yeah. and I genuinely that one shocked me because I thought there was more. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that's a gem in itself, you know. Um, even Ricky Gervais shows six episodes mostly. Yeah, I think Only those. Fools and Horses were. Mm, I, I'm gonna have a look, but Only Fools and Horses is the only one I can think off the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, that was a great show as well. <laughs> They've done a musical of that, haven't they? A stage musical. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's 64 episodes total. Okay. Over how many series? Seasons? Uh, <laughs> seven, plus Christmas specials. Well, there we go. So we're looking even then at uh, an average of, what, six to ten? I think so. I'm just trying to find the... Uh, here we go. Ah, so look, season one... Six episodes. Mm. Yeah. Seven, sorry, seven episodes. I think one of them is a Christmas special, though. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, it yeah. is. Well, let's, let's lay this challenge down then to anyone who can name them. Just find, our, find us on Twitter and uh, yeah, answer that, uh, that quiz, that question. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, honestly, I can't think of anything. And yeah. going further into it, the closest they got was season, oh, there we are, season five. Had nine episodes. Nice. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, what uh, What's on your watch list for this week then? Anything of interest? I'm going to continue the Buffy binge. I'll be mm. honest with you, because we, we my and I are getting quite into that. I think having watched now the new series of well, the new episode of The Mandalorian, I think I'm going to try and find my way into watching as it Rebels and Clone Wars. Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah. I think that's going to be an absolute binge. Well. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So we'll have to have a catch up next week then, see what you think of uh, of those shows. Yeah. And uh, I'll let you know what uh, what I think of these these films. I think that sounds like a solid plan. Brilliant. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, we'll see you next week.
As always, we're keen to have our listeners input in future episodes. So please visit anchor.fm forward slash chatertainment to leave voice clips. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Chatertainment UK, where you can get involved in polls as well as conversations based on recent episodes. Thank you.